News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR on News Talk. What is the IDF saying about uh, the, the latest from their troops within Gaza and particularly around and in Gaza City? Essentially, they're saying that their forces have encircled the city. Now, it doesn't look like they're going to actually try and hold all of the territory of the city. They've kind of built this sort of ring outside. They're trying to get civilians to leave, to go south. They're particularly hoping to empty the hospitals. And then they're sort of conducting these, um, you know, raids every so often going after um, masses infrastructure, uh, senior leadership. But we haven't seen any of the worst of the fighting yet. As bad as it is, you know, the the civilian death count is well over 10,000. And that's mostly from the airstrikes, from from the bombardment that we've seen over the last month. But the really nitty gritty urban combat that we know is going to take place inside Gaza City, that simply hasn't happened yet. Now, they are talking about a network of tunnels, and we've heard much about the tunnels in the past. But uh, they are suggesting that these tunnels are linking schools and hospitals, uh, therefore implicating, I suppose, those places as uh, potential uh, targets that uh, the Israelis would say would not be a war crime were they to be hit because they were part of Hamas infrastructure. Yeah, I mean, well, look over the last month. um, I think the IDF has shown no kind of reticence to hit uh, civilian infrastructure, hospitals, schools, UN buildings, compounds. You know, uh, nearly half of the hospitals in Gaza are out of action, either because of a shortage of fuel or because of um, damage from from the airstrikes. Um, So you can see it's kind of, building up for a much more much more brutal assault but i think the idf have been consistently clear not just in the last month but but in in all the years that i've been covering this conflict that if they believe that a, a school or a hospital is is being used by hamas or, or presents a threat to their soldiers um they, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna go after it they're gonna figure a way to 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 deal with it they're not um you know, so 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 the shift there is the, the attempt there is is you can see they're trying to get civilians, you know, to leave the bits of Gaza, the ones who haven't left the city yet, and trying to get them to to leave hospitals so that they want to target. But it's not clear, you know, how successful that is. And and of course, we see this massive kind of level of collateral damage. Yeah. Now uh, the IDF claims that it has uh, killed a, a Hamas weapons leader, uh, whatever that uh, might mean. But presumably, they're trying to demonstrate that they are achieving something of their targets, irrespective of the collateral damage. Yeah, I think they're looking for victories, tangible victories. And there's, there's, you know, there's, there's two kind of tangible victories, which I think they can, they can show to the Israeli public. One would be, um, you know, killing senior leadership of Hamas, which they haven't, I mean, they've, they've announced a few kind of mid-level commanders who they've taken out in the last month, but they haven't, doesn't seem got anywhere near the, um, the senior leadership, you know, people like Yahya Sinwar, who's the political head of Hamas in Gaza, or Mohammed Daif, the, you know, the military commander. So that would be one tangible victory that they could point to. The other would be progress on the hostages. Now, you know, more than 240 hostages being held, many foreign nationals, it's a mix of, um, you know, Israeli soldiers and civilians. And we've only seen a handful released through these back channel negotiations that are happening via Egypt and, and, and Qatar. So as we can see it now, it's, it's clear that, you know, pressure is building in the country and the government are looking for tangible victories. They're looking for things that they can point to to say this, this, this operation, this assault is having an effect. It is degrading Hamas. Now, what is the situation where you are on the West Bank in terms of unrest? 
obviously nobody uh, likes to observe what's happening to the innocent civilians in Gaza and particularly uh, their fellow Palestinians. No, I mean, there's been a, a historic level of violence in the West Bank since October 7th. More than 150 Palestinians have been killed by the Israeli army and by settlers. I think what we've seen is the world is distracted by what's going on in Gaza. And we're seeing this explosion in settler violence. So these are Israelis who live in the illegal settlements uh, in the West Bank. Um, you know, we're seeing numbers of incidents of armed settlers attacking Palestinians. They're burning property, damaging cars, these sorts of things. And the worry is that, you know, the West Bank could become another another front. I speak to a lot of uh, Palestinians here and and they're fed up. You know, nobody's paying attention. And, and life in the West Bank for a Palestinian has become so, so difficult. I mean, it was already difficult over the last month. They can barely move between towns and cities. The roads are completely locked down. And then you have this, this growing, this swelling violence from the, from the settlers. It's, it's a huge problem and one that the world is not paying attention because, because all, all the focus is on Gaza at the minute. Um, but in the West Bank, is the possibility of any kind of armed insurrection, do they have the resources? We know that Hamas, however they managed to build weapons or secure weapons, smuggle weapons and so on, they were well armed. Is there any suggestion there's a force within the West Bank that would be similarly armed? There would, there's plenty of guns. There's, there's, there's many, many weapons in the West Bank. There's no shortage of guns there. The probably organizational structures are very different. They're more disparate. They're less centralized. Um, but the potential for massive unrest is there. And I suspect if it will happen, it will take a very different shape to what's happening in Gaza. You won't see this one kind of organized, coherent group. It'll be more disparate individuals, um, smaller groups, um, you know, kind of organic or, organic uh, organizations which are done on a, on a village level or a a family level or even on, you know, with small networks within town. So I think it would likely take a very different shape to Gaza, but it is still a very, very, very and growing uh, possibility. It's a very dangerous and growing possibility that, that you know, it explodes. We could be seeing a third intifada um, or something different. Gareth Brown, a freelance journalist covering the Middle East. Thank you very much uh, for joining us. Well, I'm joined in studio uh, by our chief reporter, Barry White, because yesterday the Israeli ambassador to Ireland invited uh, some members of the media to the embassy to view footage from the October 7th Hamas terrorist attacks uh, that killed 1,100 civilians and 300 members of the Israeli Defence Forces. And they say the reason for showing the footage to the media was to bear witness and make sure the world knows about the extent of that 7th of October Hamas attack. Uh, Barry, you were there. Yeah, I was there, and I'm sure a lot of the journalists there last night, Pat, probably found it hard to sleep last night after watching the footage. It is distressing, it's disgusting. Um, So the footage that the media was showing was a 43-minute film which lays bare the extent of the atrocities committed in Israel on October 7th. Footage was collected from GoPro cameras, which were strapped to Hamas soldiers, as well as their own mobile phones. There was home CCTV footage from victims' homes. Uh, There was car dash cam footage, footage from first responders' mobile phones, and images taken by victims themselves was shown. Um, uh, The footage is now being shown by Israeli diplomats around the world in an effort to expose what they say was the true crimes of Hamas. And I suppose what I saw, Pat, was Hamas terrorists indiscriminately shooting and killing people 
it really did seem that anyone they came across on Israeli soil was a target and they just didn't care who they killed. They were just shooting at cars randomly, entering people's home homes, shooting randomly. Um, so yeah, they didn't kill or they didn't care who they killed. At one point from home CCTV footage, you can see a father carrying his sons under each arm desperately uh, running through the living room, running through the kitchen, then into the garden. And he goes into p- to what appears to be some sort of a shed, mm-hmm. some sort of a bunker to hide, um, where the father obviously believed it would be safe. But then from the CCTV footage, you can see a Hamas terrorist enter uh, the garden from the left of the frame. He tosses a grenade into the shed, which shelters the father and his two sons. The father's killed instantly. The two boys luckily survive um, and you can see them leave. They're covered in blood. One of the young boys looks to have lost his eye. And then Hamas terrorists, he leads the two young boys into the house. They're covered in blood. They're shaking. They're crying. Um, Then the children seem to make a run for it. I'm not sure if they survived. You can't tell from the CCTV footage. But then after a few minutes, the mother returns to the house with security personnel and the muted audio shows her total despair as she sees that her husband was killed and she can't find her children. In more footage shown, you can hear a call intercepted by the IDF. One Hamas terrorist calls home. His father answers the phone and he says to his father, look at the videos I've sent you in WhatsApp. I killed 10 Jews with my bare hands. And then you can hear his, his mother um, crying with with joy almost. Um, the terrorist GoPros and mobile phones show soldiers you know, piled into the back of pickup trucks with guns. And as I said, they target cars just indiscriminately shooting at cars. Uh, again, they go into houses shooting indiscriminately. They set houses on fire. Um, and even, you know, there's footage of them shooting harmless pet dogs. Um, and, and then they also set fire to some of the people. They set fire to some of the people they had killed. Uh, there was terrible footage of burnt corpses, some children who had been murdered. Some of these children, I suppose you can say the innocence, they were in Mickey Mouse pyjamas, Little Miss Sunshine pyjamas. And just, yeah, the, the innocence of these children was just taken away in the blink of, a, a blink of an eye being brutally murdered. And it was very, very, ha- the, it was very, very hard to, to watch. counter the kind of footage we're seeing from within Gaza, where you see uh, dead children, you see children being pulled from the wreckage, barely alive, covered mm. in uh, the remnants of explosives and whatever else. But... The Israelis kind of aware maybe they were losing any kind of a propaganda war. I would say so, yeah. They're trying to explain to people why they feel as strongly as they do about what happened on October the 7th. Yeah, well, the Israeli ambassador said the embassy wanted to show uh, the film to members of the Irish media to show, yeah, what they were fighting against and to show what exactly happened, to lay bare the atrocity that happened on October 7th. They also said that the embassy now will... Um, offer all Irish TDs and senators the opportunity to watch this footage as well. But yeah, look, I don't think anybody would want to bear witness to this footage. Pat, it was fairly, fairly distressing. And, you know, there was other footage of Hamas terrorists. You know, they could be heard chanting Allah Akbar, uh, dancing and celebrating around the burnt bodies of people they had just murdered. Um, So anybody who had ever tried to defend Hamas certainly wouldn't after watching this footage. But I suppose the point I would make, Pat, is that I've been watching distressing footage like this now for a month. I follow journalists who are based in Gaza as well on social media. Um, I watched the film last night from a photojournalist, Motaz Azazai, 
um, just dead children being picked out of rubble. But then at one point, a child who was miraculously found alive was pulled out. And then these people started chanting Allah Akbar as well. So I've seen two very different accounts yesterday of people chanting that. God be praised for the rescue of the child and God be praised for the death of a Jewish child. Yeah, but uh, I know the ambassador, the Israeli ambassador said this was not to show any equation between what has happened since October 27th. Um, but I suppose I left there yesterday after there was a Q&A with the Israeli ambassador. She said there would be no ceasefire. I asked her about, you know, she says civilians are warned that they're warned that certain areas are going to be bombed. And I said, but where are these people meant to flee to? And she said, well, they're meant to flee to southern Gaza. But we know the parts of southern Gaza have been bombed. And I kind of thought yesterday, Pat, you know, being where I'm from, the IRA used to, you know, do telephone warnings before they set off bombs. But civilians were often killed. That wasn't okay. And the way Israel are doing it now is not okay either. Barry White, our chief reporter, thank you very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.